0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Unrefined Women. I'm your co-host, Margaret.
1: And I'm Agnes. This podcast is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. We are very grateful you could join us today for
0: our episode all about psilocybin mushrooms, also known as psychedelic mushrooms or magic mushrooms, however you know them as. So today we have a special guest. Her name is Jessica, and she is actually our cousin. So Agnes, do you have anything to share about Jessica today? Because honestly, you're the one that really got me into microdosing
1: first. You had the first connection with her on this topic. Of course. So Jessica, obviously we've known her our entire lives. And She, this last summer, really came into my life and introduced me to this whole world of psychedelics and how life-changing it is. So she really mentored me and then her onto this journey of how psychedelics can truly help our spiritual journeys and help us with our mental health and pretty much just day-to-day life. So Jessica's
0: bio is she is actually a student at ASU working on her bachelor's degree in information technology, and she's about to begin her master's degree. So congratulations to her. And Jessica, as you'll hear in the episode, got introduced to psilocybin mushrooms about two years ago, and she's going to share that whole experience with everybody today. Um, But basically, she has really had such a passion for mushrooms and what they have done for her And at this point, she has also um, educated herself and she's going to share some of the information she has learned about some of the studies that have been done on psilocybin. So she's going to be sharing that information today and also just sharing the information that she gives to friends of hers or clients as she refers to them because she helps out with mentoring folks on how to safely consume psilocybin and working out dosage and all that fun stuff.
1: Yes. And I have learned so much from her. Honestly, just in this conversation, we had to literally get ourselves to stop talking because we just get so deep into (laughs) it. This is something we're so incredibly passionate about. And I'm super grateful to Jessica for introducing this to us. Absolutely. All right, let's jump right in.
0: Hello! Hey! Hi, guys! How's everyone doing?
1: Doing so good. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, we're just rolling out. We're pretending that all that troubleshooting and uh, technical difficulties didn't occur. Here we are. (laughs) Fresh start. (laughs) Right. All right. So, Jessica, welcome to Unrefined Women. We're excited you could be here. For all of our listeners, we're having Jessica King on the podcast today, and she is actually our cousin. So, Yay. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. So, Jessica, take it away. Give everyone a little elevator pitch of who you are so everyone knows all those fun details about you. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, So, I'm Jessica, I am the cousin to Margaret and Agnes. Our parents are related. That's how I got to know <laughs> these wonderful human beings. Uh, I'm, I'm currently in Arizona. I am a student at ASU. I'm finishing up my bachelor's in information technologies in May of 2022, and then going on to pursue my master's. Um, and I've been using psilocybin mushrooms for about two
0: years now, medicinally. Okay, cool. Thank you for that. So psilocybin mushrooms, actually, uh, could you briefly like describe that's like a certain strain of mushrooms there's because there's like what thousands millions of different strains of mushrooms
2: absolutely yeah mushrooms are a fungus and there's millions and billions of species of fungus uh the psilocybin cubensis family in particular is the strain of mushroom that contains psilocybin which is a hallucinogenic when consumed by humans um i'm not sure about animals though to be completely honest with you uh <laughs> however There's a lot of different ways that you can consume psilocybin mushrooms. Um, In particular, I have clients that do what is known as a heroic dose, which is typically about 3.5 grams or more, depending on who you are, your body weight, and your size, and your tolerance to them. And then there's what, um, you know, Margaret, Agnes, and me do, which is called microdosing, which is essentially taking a daily dose of about 0.2 to 0.3 grams, so a tenth of the amount of a heroic dose, um, usually daily for 30 days, and then taking a 30-day tolerance break. However, microdosing um, has the unique ability to really be um, molded to your lifestyle and your needs. Um, So I have some clients that take Uh, two every seven days and they're good with that um and other clients that do it as i do which is 30 days on and 30 days off
0: awesome thanks for breaking that down for everybody so could you tell us the story of how you first became interested with psilocybin mushrooms yeah so in 2020
2: of uh Last year, the states were hit with the COVID-19 pandemic. I was in a place in my life uh, where I just moved back in with my parents. I was failing my school semester and not a single person knew except me. Um, On top of that, I was two months out of a very toxic relationship that had continued to kind of be toxic afterwards, as a lot of those relationships do, Um, and I was very unhappy. I was in debt. Um, I felt as if I was a fraud in most moments of my life, that I was pretending to be happy and that I had it all together, when in reality, most of my life was falling apart. Um, and so during this time in the pandemic, I had a friend reach out to me and she asked if I wanted to come over and trip on psychedelic mushrooms with her and do a full heroic dose. Uh, I said, yes, I had never done them before. I was intrigued. Um, the only previous experience I had had with any kind of drug was basically weed and nicotine and alcohol. Um, so I was definitely um, willing, I knew that it was something that was natural, that was uh, fairly safe in the sense that you can't overdose on it, um, and no one's ever died from taking psilocybin mushrooms unless they've done something stupid while on them. <laughs> and so... And so I obliged um, and we ended up doing this. And in this time in my life of what I can express was a deep depression and kind of my rock bottom um, in terms of my mental health. Um, For the first time, I experienced joy. Me and my friend, we did some yoga. We ended up laughing hysterically for hours on end, just talking about our high school days and memories that we had um, from back in the day. And I carried that euphoric feeling with me for about two to three days after this trip. And as someone that was feeling depression and feeling an ultimate low, it was noticeable enough to pique my interest to want to know why something like psilocybin mushrooms had this unique ability to make me feel joy in a time of my life that
0: I really didn't find joyous. Wow, that's really impressive that you were able to go like from having that, that's, well, what was it heroic, you said?
2: Yeah. Heroic dose. Heroic
0: dose. Having a heroic dose and then feeling the effects of it over the next week and feeling joy during a time you were really depressed. And it sounds like that was such a profound experience. Yeah. I mean, uh, like uh, I would trip by myself um, and I ended up having what I call a purge trip,
2: but a lot of people refer to as an ego death. Uh, And this trip was very transformational for me. It allowed me to see Uh, where I was actually in my life, not where my ego was telling me I was at. I had a tendency to Um, Draw this picture of everything is all right, and I'm doing fine and blah 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 when in reality I really wasn't I was failing school. I was addicted to nicotine I was a codependent in very toxic relationships. I had an inability to be single and to focus on myself Um, I'd never taken time to love myself. I had never taken time to have um, Physical activity be a regular part of my life. I was addicted to food um, as well as other things um and so that trip is really where I was like okay there's something here and it changed my life and I want to take this the next step further.
0: Wow that's really powerful. All right, so I was hearing you describe in your heroic trip that you were, you know, recognizing these different elements of your life, like how you had gotten yourself into this into this place in your life and you are recognizing different addictions you had. You recognize like your addictions to food and codependency. And that's really powerful because I think there's a lot of people that will spend even years in therapy getting to that point where they can recognize those things in themselves and develop that level of self awareness. So it almost seems like, like this, like um, psilocybin can really help people with their mental health journey as well, or even on their spiritual journey. Do you feel like that that has kind of helped you in those areas as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And when we look at the uh, few studies that we have done in the United States, uh, really where psilocybin is focused is actually addiction and mental health. Those are two of the most profound areas when it comes to results. The UK has Continued a lot of those studies. Um, one of the most, uh transformational results being towards alcoholism actually Which I find very uh, interesting because I don't think any of us drink like I for sure am sober But I know margaret you really don't drink heavy at all Um, and same with you, Agnes. And so as people that microdose, I 100% sense that that is just something, um, where in your, your brain, you have neurons that connect between the right and the left lobe of your brain, which is your emotions versus your actions. And at some point in that chemicals like nicotine and alcohol, they have this ability to, uh, send off, um, like signals in a sense that release uh you know serotonin and things in your brain and that's what causes those addictive tendencies to go back and want more even though things like nicotine and alcohol are a poison from your body and so psilocybin has this unique ability to not allow that spark to happen and it dens out dulls out those receptors um, in a way where you don't crave alcohol and you take a you know me and agnes we both had a jewel addiction and you'll take a hit of your jewel and you're just like i feel sick like i want to vomit and it's definitely that's the microdose inside of you being like why are you doing
0: this wow so and and then like psilocybin mushrooms they are if i have the words right, right it's a schedule one drug right so it's in like the same category is it schedule one or schedule a i don't know how they or schedule i thought three. it
2: was uh i thought it was a yeah level three substance with it's heroin and three. meth
0: I feel like I yeah, look so during, up, yeah, I forget what they call it. But yes, I know it's the same as like heroin and meth, which is like, what?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, during Nixon's war on drugs when he started to classify um, different drugs. The reason psilocybin was put into that category, along with MDA and LSD, was because of the festival goers in the big like hippie phase, right, where people were taking these um, psychedelics for festivals, and we had this entire hippie movement essentially, and part of that was an anti-war movement. And so when you really look into the politics of where these drugs got criminalized and where they started passing legislation that categorized them in categories of heroin and meth, it's very easy to see why the United States government would not want something legal that makes someone peaceful in a time of war, in a time when they're trying to build support for the war, and they're trying to propaganda to get uh, men to enlist in the war, right? And we're in a time where the hippie era, they were not about that. They wanted nothing to do with war. They told the U.S. government to stop it. Um, And so I fully believe that's why uh, these psychedelic drugs were added to the war on drugs.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense cuz I've I've shared, I've told that to people and I actually just googled it right now. So yeah, it's called schedule 1. That's what you have. Okay. Oh yeah, all the drugs like you know, you have heroin, you have meth, um, LSD, uh, even cannabis is still federally considered a schedule 1 drug. Um, yeah, yeah, certain states, certain states it's legal, but federally cannabis is a schedule 1 drug. And then you also uh, obviously have psychedelic mushrooms in that same category, which is just like mind-blowing to me that you that that's all roped into one thing. And Jessica, I think you really like hit the nail on the head right there. You know, I feel like a conspiracy theorist when I say this, but it's like I know myself as a person that microdoses psilocybin mushrooms, I know that it just helps me so much with my spiritual journey. It helps me so much with my mental health. And it's like, I feel like it helps me to just sort of like step outside the rat race of like chasing after all the things that society tells us we have to chase after neglecting ourselves to chase after all of these things. And then when I, when I take mushrooms and I get like in tune with myself, I'm like, it's no coincidence. I feel like that they made this illegal because if more people were consuming psych, you know, psychedelic or psilocybin mushrooms and being able to get into a good space spiritually and mentally. I mean, what systems, what industries would start to collapse When people start to actually like step into their own power. Not only that, but we I mean, you and I have such great dialogue
2: about uh, like living situations and capitalism and how we're like existing in this world that has this expectation of us to like level up and level up and buy a house and have a Tesla and do like X, Y and Z and how we just want no part of it. Like it's not even what we want for ourselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's like, yeah, I feel like some of the experiences I've had with with psilocybin have helped me to kind of get to that point. But let's also talk about um, you had mentioned earlier on that you had your first uh, heroic dose and it was after you got out of a breakup. And so it started showing you how you were responsible for certain choices in your life. Can you elaborate a little bit more if you're comfortable, like sharing some of the ways that you realized you were responsible? I mean, we can each kind of go around the circle and, and talk about our own lessons that we've learned from psilocybin.
2: Yeah, of course. So, um, like, as I said, I was definitely in a place in my life where I knew some change needed to happen. Um, leaving this last relationship and being in a pandemic, I couldn't do what I normally did as a codependent and from the moment that I had a high school boyfriend um, to when that relationship ended, I was immediately on to the next. And then after that relationship, I was into this last relationship, the really toxic one. Um, and so then the, being in a pandemic, like there wasn't any such thing as dating because everything is closed. Like, like, no one is leaving their house. We're all quarantined, essentially. And so I really had to face myself in that and say, why am I not happy? Why do I feel this complete lack of self-worth based off the fact that I don't have someone here validating me physically, right? Right. And so the codependency and confronting that was huge for me because it that's really what linked. And, and in my opinion, codependency is its own addiction in a sense, right? It's that same withdrawal that you go through. It's that same need to get a fix. And it's like you're chasing that high and it's never enough. And it, it aligns very well with addiction in that sense. Um, so confronting the codependency and then being in a place of, OK, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to be in a relationship. So so what am I gonna do right and that's where it led me to hey and all humor intended hey Jessica you're fat like go work out <laughs> so that's like that's what pushed me really to like get started in the gym and find fitness was like you got all this time in the world right and not once have you ever taken the time to give this to yourself and give yourself the gift of health um, and so that's, I didn't even quit nicotine at that point. I was continuing going on the gym. Um, I lost my first like 25 pounds and that's really where I was like, oh, I'm onto something. Like I am doing something good for myself and you get that validation, um, through those changes. And that's when I confronted the fact that I was a nicotine addict and that I can't run more than a mile without feeling like my chest is on fire because I'm addicted to this freaking jewel. And so, um, it was four days. Wow, that's really crazy. Oh, it was actually six days before my 21st birthday that I quit nicotine for the first time. I've definitely relapsed. Like, that's why I don't say that it was like my official quit date. But I, I remember cutting up my ID and I was like, oh, you're not even going to buy. Oh, I was actually using my sister's old ID to buy nicotine because wow. I wasn't 21 yet. <laughs> yeah. So they changed the laws in Arizona. So I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to cut up her ID and throw it away so I can't buy it. And I did. And that's the first time I quit. And then I think I tried to go, I got back on it like three months later for two weeks before I was like, why am I doing this again? I instantly saw my anxiety spike back up. My mental health like started depleting. I felt like crap. I couldn't wake up on time. Um, I was having trouble like breathing again. And so then I quit again, right? And it probably took like two or three times before it stuck. But I never relapsed for longer than a week before I
0: was like, this sucks. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> So it sounds like psilocybin has helped you kind of recognize the areas like things that you were addicted to. So is psilocybin, is that addictive itself?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I compare psilocybin to what THC is to weed, right? You have a weed, you have multiple different cannabinoids. THC in particular is the one that gets you high. Same thing with psilocybin. Psilocybin is the one that causes, uh, you know, hallucinogenic effects when taken at a heroic dose. Um, I personally have had an addiction to weed, and it's something that I quit because I developed a codependency of needing to use it before everything that I did from the moment I woke up to the moment I fell asleep. Um, I have never personally experienced any kind of dependency on psilocybin, and I believe um, from my experience and from the experience of my clients that uh, psilocybin in mushrooms has this innate ability to not create that dependency because... As you'll, um, you'll experience this, if you end up taking a heroic dose of mushrooms, a lot of people will feel nauseous when doing a mushroom trip because uh, mushrooms are processed gastrointestinally through your stomach lining um, if taken through your mouth, and as you chew them, and you swallow, and they get dissolved by your stomach acid, um, and then it's processed as a poison, and what I mean by that is that your it's not your body's first reaction to accept those mushrooms as, uh, like, edible. For instance, if you eat something that is not edible, you'll feel your body feel sick. You'll either want to puke or it will give you digestion issues. Um, And so a lot of ways mushrooms do that same thing, but they don't cause any um, side effects. Like they don't like tear your stomach lining or um, cause any kind of underlying medical issues. However, many people, when they do do a heroic dose, especially if it's that first time, because they don't have that tolerance uh, to psilocybin, if that's their first introduction to psilocybin, um, they will either puke, during their trip, um, or afterwards and might be TMI. There's something known as the shroom shits. It's very much a thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you'll notice like gastrointestinally after you do a full shroom trip, you get cleared out real fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it sounds like combined with like the physical symptoms you just, de- you just described. And then also just like the, the realizations that you have about yourself kind of like the, like having uh, an ego death or a purge, all those things combined kind of make it so that a person is not going to be like, yeah, I'm like addicted to this now. I just, I'm just going to like do this like every day. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Even the microdoses, And
2: I'm sure you guys experience this too. Sometimes I freaking forget to take it. Like sometimes it's just like off my radar. It doesn't even occur to me. Yeah. I can go weeks and months. If I don't have any, then I don't freaking have any, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I've never felt like, Oh, where's my microdose today like if i don't take this microdose like i'm gonna fall to the floor not at all
0: (laughs) yeah because i feel like that's something that's such a like a misconception around it um a lot of people i've noticed like talking about psilocybin a lot of people think that it's an addictive drug yeah and i'm like i'm like over here like uh i don't Like, based off my own experiences, I don't know how that's possible,
2: but okay. No, no, I definitely, I don't have any addictive tendency towards it. Um, But I think it is fascinating. I think it's a tool just like anything else, right? Just the way that you, it's like asking, can you get addicted to counseling? You're like, I could really enjoy going. Like, I could really like my counselor, but am I addicted to it? Like, probably not.
0: Yeah. Now, Agnes, can you share some of your experiences with microdosing psilocybin, because you and I have been microdosing for similar, similar length of time. We started like in the spring of this year, you started like a, like a month before I did. And then I got into it. So Agnes, can you just share kind of your experiences with it so far?
1: Yeah. So back in May of this year, the end of May, I went to Arizona and I spent some time there. and. Um, jessica and i really started like touching base again and really like hanging out and she had introduced me to um microdosing mushrooms and i knew absolutely nothing about it i remember sitting in your kitchen and i was like is this gonna make me trip like i need to drive later like <laughs> <laughs> like am i gonna be able to like get in my car and like get, get through my day Um, But I took it and I, I remember like the first week, I won't go into detail because I do have a blog post about this, but like the first week of me taking microdoses, I was like waking up at 6am, going to the gym, like had so much energy, so much creativity. Like I was hustling at my business. Like I thought like I could conquer the world. So I have been on and like taking the month off on and month off with microdoses up until this point now um right now I'm on my month on but I think the difference between this time because for me I realize like every month that I'm on it I have a different experience so with this month I think it's really been teaching me a lot about my traumas so like how, why do I have trauma like what events in my life are causing me to like feel insecurity and shame now and how can I fix this? Um, I've definitely had a lot of purging with this round, and not so much in a bad way. Wait, but can, can you define like,
0: can you define purging really quick? Because that can also be a term for people with like eating disorders. So let's define purging. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> yeah, not not in that way purging, but um, a lot of crying, like a lot of okay. like emotional like, emotional purging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Just like getting things out and just realizing things about myself, realizing my realizing things about other people and just like, no, like knowing what I want and what I don't want in my life. That's what I've been experiencing right now. And honestly, it's like how we mentioned before, it's so much more of like a tool than a drug than anything.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful. And I do want to highlight, too, because you have kind of documented some of your experiences with psilocybin in a blog post on our website. For So for anyone that wants to have a little bit more in-depth um, analysis of what Agnes has experienced, just go on unrefinedwomen.com slash blog post. Somewhere in there, there's one. I forget the number. Yeah. I want to agree. So, And I know... Y- Oh sorry. Oh, go I was ahead, gonna Jessica. say I was gonna agree with Agnes too. Um, my journey with microdosing,
2: every single month, uh, whether I'm off it or I'm on it, it is a different lesson. And the lessons that come through, like you are just so shocked because there it's like it's exactly what you need to hear right and and mm-hmm. sometimes it's that reality check i know agnes like she's kind of going through a move right now from california to arizona and i always like when i see myself in those positions too whether it's applicable to school or my career or my living situation i'm like where would i be today if i didn't take psilocybin like how much would i be lying to myself right now about the actual condition of where i'm at <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. That's well, so cool. Like how how much would I be lined? Yeah.
1: But like the crazy part is that, you know, you can sit there and think like, where would I be without it? But I think that mushrooms, like honestly, I look at it as, as like such a spiritual like entity. Like, I think it like comes into your life like for that reason. Like it's not just like you chose to grow it and you chose to start taking it. But it just like it found its way to you because it knew that you needed it. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. And, and like at the
0: right timing, too, because I, I don't like I tell people that I that I microdose, but I don't really aggressively push it on people because I feel like we have to kind of come to it on our own terms. You know, obviously, yeah, and that's, that's really important. Yeah, and, bo- and
2: both of you um, kind of came to be about psilocybin mushrooms and microdosing because you saw my progress, right? It wasn't because I was over here like, oh, Margaret, you gotta hear about this new thing I'm doing. Like, not at all. It was uh, it was <laughs> yeah. a lot of people being like, wow, like I'm really impressed by your weight loss. Or Agnes, like a, a big piece of it for her and I was the fact that we we're both addicted to the jewel, right? And so her and I talk about that, how she saw me quit and she kind of realized too like this is not cute like this is not cool as much as it's glorified in our generation um her and i i'm 21 22 and she's you're 20 right agnes
1: almost, almost 20. 20
2: um it's very much uh, a social thing right and we just kind of both realized, like hey we don't want this for ourselves. but it's through your actions uh that people see you change and they're like wow like you're so much more understanding jessica or you're so much um you know less like in your face you're so much uh better at listening and they're like how'd you do that and I'm like well (laughs) let me introduce you to mushrooms
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do have to say though I really like followed in your footsteps like when I was in high school and I was like running around with all my little boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> like I really like looked up to you and I even preach this now like back when you said like you say that you were so insecure and you felt all these ways like I looked up to you like my big sister so I remember you and I when I was in high school we bonded a lot by like hanging out and like smoking the jewel you'd buy me pods yeah. and like no, absolutely <laughs> and then when I when I learned that you had quit it like like you didn't push anything like you're just like oh I quit I'm good Um, I remember going home from that vacation and I was just like, I should quit too. Yeah. So I quit. And then I remember seeing like how you went through your weight loss journey and seeing that like there was absolutely like like I just saw you do that and I was like, I should do that too. And then I went and got a gym membership and now I'm like almost as like addicted to the gym as you are. If not, yeah, I was gonna say you definitely (laughs) are.
2: You work at the gym, so if anything, you took it a step further. No, I love that. And I've always been flattered by that. I take that with immense pride uh, that I have people out here that are watching me in support and not just like watching me to hate on it or to uh, have judgment on it, but to like for the, the fact that my actions that have bettered me can show someone that they have full capability to better themselves is amazing to me because it really like sometimes that's what it takes i didn't have anyone that had quit jewel before so when i did it like i was alone in that all my friends that still like did nicotine i didn't have the friends that were like oh i'll quit with you like i was solo on that mission (laughs) so it's cool to know that it helped someone else in the long run
0: yeah well i think that's happening like you made you have made both of you have made such like positive changes for your mental health and your physical health over the last year. And it shows, you know, obviously people see that and they're like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, I want, I want to know what the secret is. Yeah. And that's
2: a kind of a question I have for both of you is since, uh, microdosing from like where you were a couple months previously to starting to where you are now, do you see a mental health shift? Do you feel as if you're better off now than you were from when you previously started?
0: I have absolutely noticed that. I think that with microdosing, because I do microdosing, and I and I kind of want to just define really quick, like what I've done um, for our listeners to kind of understand. So I started off with the traditional microdosing schedule. Um, I think it's traditional, right, where you do like the .2 grammed every other day for a month, and then you take a month off. So I started with that, and I actually found that it didn't really work for me. Um, I actually had a really tough first month, and It's, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm probably going to like write a blog post as well to kind of go a little bit more into that. But it, for me, I just was bringing up a lot of stuff that I was struggling to deal with, um, and so that first month was actually really hard for me. Like I saw, I saw Agnes like having all this energy and feeling all this positivity. And I was over here like, what the fuck? I feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, Definitely.
2: <laughs> like, I think it'd be awesome to write a blog post on that. Cause we talk about like, what, what's the worst that can happen or what are the negative side effects? And your story is actually one that I share with other people when they ask me that question. And they're like, is this going to bring up trauma or is this going to do something negative to me? And I always tell them the story of how your first month like you felt so overwhelmed and you felt the sense of panic when teaching your little ones and mm-hmm. how, um, ultimately it wasn't ending for you. It wasn't like, it, it was, it was hard. It was a struggle, but it wasn't your end all with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause it wasn't like, I, it wasn't like, huh, how do I describe it? Like I was still able to get through my day. I was still functioning. Obviously I just didn't feel good. And I felt like it was, bringing up a lot of things in myself that I had thought that I had either thought that I didn't have or thought that I had already worked through. And the psilocybin was showing me, no, like you still have things you got to work on that you've been avoiding and that's it. Like we're done avoiding it. Like you're going to have to deal with it now. And I actually, you know, I told my therapist, he knows that I, did I microdose psilocybin. Um, he's very supportive of it. And he actually, Helped me to not give up on it because I remember sitting in a session with him and I was just like, is the psilocybin, is it like maybe wrong for me? Is it making me like feel all this darkness within me that I, that I thought wasn't there? Like, is it, is this artificial or is it showing me what's within me that I've been avoiding? And he's like, yeah, I think it's that. (laughs) So he kind of helped me to sort of stay, stick with it and just keep pushing through and pushing through. You know, because we think that avoiding pain is going to give us joy. And really, the reality is that you have to move through the pain and joy is on the other side. So I actually ended up changing my dosage. And Jessica, you really helped me with this kind of finding that. So I actually um, take 0.4 grams once a week. Um, sometimes I'll take, I've gotten a little more intuitive with it. Sometimes I'll take 0.4 grams, like on a Sunday, and then I'll take like 0.2, like during the week, if I feel I just want to take that and just kind of been I mean, kind of experimenting with that. And it seems to be going okay. But for me, it's, yeah, really helped me recognize areas in my life that I thought I had moved through and shown me that that's not true and helped me to work on those, um, And I've at this point, I'm really tapping into how it's helping me spiritually. So I've tried to create more space in my life for self-care. So I'll take my, my my microdose on like a Sunday and I'll get out of the house and I will go up in the mountains and I will get out in nature. And it's just like so beautiful. Like I've been able to reconnect with like my inner child that I didn't even know existed within me. I've been able to like reconnect with little Margaret again And just like I will go to the mountains and I will listen to music in my AirPod and I will just be like dancing and singing and just feeling so much joy and so connected to my inner child. And that has just been so healing for me. That makes my day because that first month, the one thing that
2: we really talked about with why you were having such a hard time with your experience was that Margaret over here is a workaholic and she has this tendency (laughs) as anyone that knows her personally to just go and go and go and if you ask anything of Margaret like she is the first person to give it to you plus more. I've asked several times to stay at her house, it's always like yes, like come over, no hesitation and this girl burns herself out and so ultimately I think the lesson that was really coming to her was like, you need to stop and enjoy life because you keep waiting for this point of like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and then I'll enjoy it. And that's not what we can do. We can't do that to ourselves. We
0: have to be able to take care of ourselves and then also enjoy life on top of that. And you know what? And to add to that, too, I think what I was doing wrong when I first started microdosing and I feel like really passionate about sharing this with people that maybe are interested in microdosing I think one of the pitfalls I got into was comparing what I was experiencing to other people. So like Agnes, I was looking at you and I was going, what is wrong with me? I'm feeling all this darkness and Agnes over here is feeling all this energy. Um, The biggest thing that I noticed that I was where I was comparing my experience to you, Agnes, was that psilocybin was helping give you more energy. You said you described how it was helping you to hustle more where I was microdosing and it was telling me to sit the fuck down and stop hustling. And I was like, what is happening? So like Jessica, as you said, like I was feeling a lot of um, frustration even with teaching, you know, I'm like a very kind and and patient music teacher, I feel. I take a lot of pride in being very patient. And I was feeling a lot of impatience come up um, with my interactions with people. And I really, what I ended up realizing over time was that the mushrooms were telling me to calm like back back up a little bit like i was doing way too much i was working way too much i was teaching way too much i was teaching like back to back to back to back to back students all day and then wondering why I was feeling just like I had no patience anymore. And it helped me to realize, well, of course you have no patience. You're not like giving yourself two seconds to even breathe. Yep. <laughs> so that's been the biggest lesson for me with microdosing is just like actually spacing out my work and intentionally creating more time to myself and not being apologetic apologetic about that, about taking care of myself.
2: Yeah, and we talked like a huge lesson I learned uh, through psilocybin. One of the first lessons was boundaries. Oh my gosh, did boundaries <laughs> change my life? Something I'd never had before in any past relationship. I let men treat me any kind of which way, and I just tolerated it. Same with the, my friends in my life, and the family in my life, and anyone I had a relationship with. Never once did I start drawing boundaries of like, hey, this is okay with me, and this isn't okay. Right. And it taught me boundaries really freaking quick, and it taught me what i needed to accept is okay and what was actually not okay and i was just choosing to accept as a red flag especially towards men
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah agnes have you what have you had any other any other lessons that have come up for you or experiences with microdosing that you want to share
1: i think mostly just this time around like a lot of the trauma and like healing from the trauma um I, but I think like this time around, like it's just been like a lot of, I guess you could say grieving, you know, mm. and like bringing up like anxiety because like how you were saying you felt like microdosing was like bringing up things that you thought that you had already healed from. Mm-hmm. So when um, I first moved to California, I thought that I had like almost healed my anxiety like I had really bad anxiety and I think I came to a point where I was like I you know I'm done with this shit I'm just not gonna like accept anxiety anymore and it, and it really helps like I was able to get rid of it but I think like this time around a lot of anxiety is coming back up so like anxiety that I used to feel in high school so it has like brought up things that I thought that I had healed And I'm also making a move right now. So that's been like, I think like moving for me is it like brings up all of this old anxiety. So Margaret and I are always having like phone conversations on the sidelines. So it's like, I'm moving and I have all this anxiety of like, what if things don't work out? And like, what if this and this? But I had the same anxiety when I first moved to California and everything worked out. Yeah. So <laughs> and here yeah, exactly. I am. Yeah. I'm moving out of state. I haven't like told anyone online, but I'm leaving California. I'm going back to Arizona. And it's bringing up like all of this anxiety of like I'm so scared like what if do things don't work out? But right before we actually recorded this episode, I was having a meditation and during my meditation, I was like foreseeing my life in Arizona and obviously like everyone like fantasizes about their life before they move like what it's going to be like but i really like kind of saw more hope in like my move i guess you could say and it may i guess it like restored my like excitement for moving cuz moving should be like a beautiful time and not and you know you should be focused on like getting from point a to point b versus like stressing about What if I don't get this job that I want? What if I don't get an apartment fast enough? Like all of these things that we stress about. But honestly, I really give that credit to microdosing because when I had made my move from California to, or Illinois to California, I didn't have microdosing and I was like 10 times a hotter mess than I am now. (laughs) Wow.
0: That's so... Yeah, that's so cool that you can like look back at another time in your life when you had to make a change like this and you're seeing how it's different this time. Like you've already grown and progressed so much where you're able to handle this in a much uh, more mature way than before.
1: Yeah.
2: I also just want to know, I love that we're all doing this podcast in bed right now. This is such a solid
1: (laughs) (laughs) vibe.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Uh,
2: I love it. I definitely I, I sense that to Agnes, and that really comes with any change, whether it's um I know Margaret recently actually re-enrolled in school too. yeah, and that kind of adds something to the plate too. So whether the change is just making a move, I mean, Margaret's making other huge changes in her life as well. Um, that anxiety is completely natural, right? And meditating is exactly the healthy way and the right way to handle that stress and really thinking through those situations and those stress points, right? You know you're moving to Arizona. And you know that you have a support system in Arizona. You know that you have family here. Um, you have me here. You have friends to hang out with. On top of that, we're in a labor shortage. Like, you know you're going to get a job. and You're stressed over the fact that, like, everyone's hiring right now. And then you you also know you've been working on your financial stability and saving. And you know that you can afford the cost of living in Arizona because that's why you're moving to Arizona. Right. So just settling those anxieties and talking back to those voices that are talking to you. That's that's microdosing helps me do that, too, of changing that voice in my head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and becoming aware of the voice in the head, too, because like that was a big thing for me. It was just really helping with the self-awareness that, oh, yeah, I have this voice in my head or I have these programs that are installed in my brain. That are making me go through life, and I didn't even realize those programs were there. And now that I've recognized those programs or that voice, whatever we call it, I now have the opportunity to change it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I remember this very distinct moment. It was, uh, I was we had a show a night me and my friends did um, down on Mill Ave in Tempe and that day like from the moment I woke up I hated how I looked like I felt like sh- like shit to be honest I felt like just the I always in that voice in my head calls myself the Michelin man which is so funny <laughs> I know <laughs> but I just like rose myself and I was like wow I'm supposed to go to this show and dress up and to anyone that doesn't go to festivals when women usually dress up for festivals they wear like very uh like usually like bikinis with fishnets and it's very I don't want to say provocative by any means but you tend to be showing off more skin so in the mindset that I was having like I did not feel like this was my day to do that I did not want to go walk down Mill Ave in the outfit that I had planned and so I just texted my friends and I was like guys I'm having a bad day hype me up real quick and they gave me like they gave me the words of encouragement and I changed that voice my eyes and I said you know what because you feel like so like so shitty about yourself right now you're gonna go pick out that one outfit in the closet that you've never worn and you're going to wear it tonight and so I did and as I walked out the car to go into this event uh, some random car on the road full of girls stopped opened their windows it was like "Woo, like you look so good and I cannot tell you the joy that that brought me like that moment was like yeah like you need to tell that voice in your head to shut up
0: damn that's awesome like that you were able to catch yourself and not just continue down that just continue with that thought and let it ruin your whole night
2: Yep, no, I, ch- I changed the action that was associated with it. And now that mentally and cognitively, that means that the next time that voice comes into my head, it's not going to do what it thinks it's going to do, which is to put on a baggy t-shirt and some jeans and go to the event. It now knows like, oh, if you're going to talk to yourself that way, you're going to be wearing a leather skirt and a lace top, like, cause that's what I wore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's so cool. I think one of the main lessons that I'm hearing from this story, but also from my own experiences is that it is one thing to listen to your intuition and listen to that voice to like trust yourself. But it's also one thing to understand that sometimes your mind is lying to you and you have to sort of get good at identifying when you're, it's your intuition speaking to you, telling you like things, you know, you know, not even things that feel positive, but like make this move, do this, just make this decision, whatever. But then also, identifying identifying when it's like your mind that's like lying to you and telling you these things like you know don't go out and don't wear that outfit because you're gonna feel ugly or you're gonna embarrass yourself because that's not your intuition like your higher self does not want that for you so why listen to it
2: yeah absolutely I, th- I think about um how when I struggled really struggled with my weight, it was because I had not only did I have this addiction to food, but I had this voice in my head that was using food as a reward mechanism for things that like I like I don't know why I felt I deserved to be rewarded for <laughs> like I, like I you know what I mean though like I would go to the gas station and like fill up my car and be like oh gotta grab some McDonald's I did a good job pumping gas today <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> and so yeah then it, it made me like understanding healthy habits and really journaling I think puts an emphasis on this as a healthy practice of knowing when a behavior is um, congruent with what you value and the direction of which you want to go and whether that voice in your head is being really harmful and toxic and trying to lead you down the road of big whoppers which is not healthy
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's cool so let's also if we can I would love to if we could each kind of Give a message to the person that's maybe listening that's interested in microdosing, but is a little bit scared or nervous or hesitant. I don't know. Can we, Jessica, yeah. you want to start?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say to understand and accept that psilocybin mushrooms is not going to fix your life overnight. And regardless of where you're at, um, your traumas are coming through in every word that you say, every thought that you think, and every interaction that you have with the people you love. And so if those moments in life are important to you, um, and you're you're at a place where you understand the importance of facing those traumas because there's no such thing as hiding them, um, then trying something like microdosing, or you take a very small amount of a uh, what is known as a heroic dose, um, is an amazing place to start. You don't have to dive face first into taking a full trip of psychedelic mushrooms, which I know can be so intimidating. But to really highlight the fact of microdoses, Agnes, me, and Margaret, we all work full-time jobs. We all work 40 to 60-hour weeks on microdoses. Me, Margaret, and Agnes are all students who microdose. We all continue to have the capability to drive. Margaret has the capability of being a good mom, being a more present mom because of it, being a more emotionally aware mom, um, and really... All, with all of us, um, it's teaching us how to love ourselves first so that we have the energy to love the people around us. And if that's something, um, that you feel you struggle with, or you're in a place in your life where you don't have that ability to love yourself or to love the people around you in the ways that you want to, then, uh, microdosing is definitely something you should look into.
0: Damn, mic drop right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i try
0: Oh, Agnes, how about you? What message do you have for someone that is interested in microdosing, but is a little nervous or hesitant?
1: I think that, I mean, it's totally normal to be nervous or hesitant about anything in life. And especially if you're afraid of like bringing up a lot of like old traumas or it's like you you may not feel ready to like feel some of the things that we're discussing right now. But the thing is, is that like eventually those traumas are gonna come up at some point in your life. And if they don't, then they're just gonna carry out and continue to affect your life in other ways. So the way that you treat other people, the way that you treat yourself, the way that you communicate with other people, all of that is gonna be affected unless you deal with your trauma. And taking microdoses, especially this month, It has been really bringing up old traumas, which yes, is painful. Yes, it's hard. Yes, sometimes I don't want to go into work and I don't want to do my homework because I can't stop crying. But I would rather do it now while I'm young so that I can just, I don't want to say like get it out of the way, but I can heal these traumas. I can like really resolve this shit because I don't only owe it to myself, but like I owe it to my family. I owe it to my partner. I owe it to my business, like, I owe it to my job, I owe it to school, I owe all of that for me to be the best version of myself, and I cannot be that unless I help heal my traumas and help become the better version of myself, and microdose, like, mushrooms help that, they they do that for you, like, they assist you to be able to take care of yourself.
0: That's, like, so powerful, because I feel like, like, ev- like, what you just described was basically, like, bringing what's in the shadows into the light like it's there regardless it's there anyway so why don't we bring it into the light and work on healing it because otherwise it's that program playing in the background of your life just manipulating everything in ways that you're not even aware of
1: yeah because you don't want to be like 50 years old still being a fucking karen and like bitching to everybody you never yep. healed these traumas and like i would rather be like a total hot mess like going through my shit right now like in my early 20s than be going through this like through menopause and be like a total fucking bitch and burn all my bridges and have a horrible On life divorce
0: <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs>
2: That's where I'd envision myself if I just like continued on with my toxic habits. Like I'd be like a fucking serial marriage person, (laughs) where I'm just like inviting people to my sixth wedding. Like come celebrate,
0: (laughs) happily ever after for real. Right till death death do us part. (laughs) All six of them. I'll see you there. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh i feel like for myself too like what i find myself telling people is that you know microdosing is, is just because you said not the end-all be-all like that's not the magic pill that's going to fix your whole life i think it's like a tool and for me i have really found that this tool of microdosing psilocybin has really fit um, very beautifully into my other practices i already have i go to therapy every week um, I get out in nature and I've been getting a lot better at that because of microdosing. getting out in nature and hiking. It's helped me to really get in touch with my body and actually start exercising, not because I want to look a certain way, but because I want to like, it's helping me to feel better energetically and to move stagnant energy out of my body. So there's other practices and boundaries too. Jessica. You had talked about this as well. It's really helped me with recognizing my boundaries And it's not even like a, like a, like, it's not like I'm just setting a boundary without a purpose there. Like I'm realizing I have to set this boundary because if I don't set this boundary, I run out of energy and I turn into a total biatch to everybody. (laughs) So this, this boundary that I'm setting is to protect me and to protect you as well. So it's helped me to recognize where my boundaries are and be able to communicate them more effectively to other people. So it's just been a, an amazing tool in my life. And as I said before, I feel like, you know, you have to also just listen to yourself and, and check in and, and be, be like, is this um, am I in a place in my life where I'm willing to become more self-aware and I'm willing to face some realities that might be painful but joy is on the other side. Am I willing to take that step right now? And am I willing to change certain things in my life that are not working out for me and, like, accept those changes? So I think it's, it's really is a tool that helps with all of that. Um, but just really, de- like, the most important is, of course, just listen to your intuition and, you know, what's, what that's saying to you. All right. Are we ready to do our gratitude prompt?
2: Yep. I got to think of something. <laughs>
0: All right, Agnes, the gratitude prompts your thing. So you you run this show. All right, Margaret, what are you grateful for? Oh, this is so cliche. I'm so grateful for you guys and this conversation mm. and mushrooms. <laughs> Me um, too. But on top of that, let's see. I am grateful. I'm also grateful because today's Saturday. And normally Saturdays I work really crazy hours. Um, I actually had a few cancellations, and so it did give me a little bit more time to just be and actually have a little dance party in my house, and I felt so good today. So instead of filling up all of those extra, or the, instead of filling up the time slots that uh, my students canceled, instead of filling it up with more work, I'm, I'm just grateful to have that space where I was able to actually like give some time back to myself. Absolutely. All right. Um, I'm a... Jessica, go ahead. What are you grateful for today? Oh, you're good. <laughs> of course, I was going to say you guys,
2: but I have Agnes coming to stay with me in six days or maybe sooner. <laughs> and I'm so excited for that. And then shortly after that, I'll be driving to Vegas to spend the holidays with Margaret and Casey. And I am beyond happy that I get to do that again as well, because we had a great time last time I was there. Um, but ultimately today, um, The one thing that really stopped for me—not only this podcast, but this morning—I did a hike, and then I went to the gym after my hike. I took a moment to really be grateful for my body and the abilities that it has given me since investing into my health and investing into fitness and a healthy diet. Um, I put my body through a lot just doing jujitsu and going on hikes and being as active as I am in the gym. Um, So to see it support me in that and not completely be repulsive (laughs) is really something I'm grateful for.
1: That's awesome. That's beautiful, Agnes. What are you grateful for today? Well, recently I injured myself, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not gonna even say why because it's so embarrassing. But my knee, my knee is all busted up, so I can't like walk. I can't drive. Um, so I have spent the last three days at home doing nothing. So. And I've, I mean, this morning I was just like on my phone and I was feeling like guilty for spending the last three days, just like catching up on my Netflix shows and, you know, laying in bed and doing homework and not like actually going out and spending my weekend the way that I had and, you know, anticipated. But honestly, I'm grateful that I was able to have three days off because before this, When I was working every day, I was feeling extremely overwhelmed. And I think even in this moment right now, I'm realizing that the universe made me fall and hurt (laughs) myself so that I would like check out and like spend three days at home, spend three days just enjoying, I guess, the presence of California before I leave. I'm so sad that I'm leaving, but I'm so excited that I have the opportunity to just like pick up and go wherever I feel called to. So that's what I'm grateful for today. I love
0: that. Wow, what a powerful realization. Thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. that. Thank you. All right. Thank you, (sighs) Jessica, for coming on our podcast. You are so welcome. Thank you for
2: having me on. I had a great time.
0: We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, If you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week.
1: If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at Podcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.